Hello! You're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 78, Smileys and Smash. Enjoy the show! I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. And you're listening to Rosie, Rosie and Jessica's, Jessica's Day, Day of Fun. Fun. When I open my kitchen curtains this morning, who should I see on my lawn but Fat Squirrel? <gasps> He's back. Admittedly, it could have been any other squirrel. No, it's definitely him. I mean, he was slimmer, but that's because he'll have lost his winter chum. Yeah, new year, new new squirrel. And he was, um, it looked like he was digging up his cache. Amazing. Cash, C-H-E, cash, C-H-E, not, yeah, not like cash, $100,000. From that bank robbery. Maybe that's what he did with Tony the Pigeon. Oh, maybe they were like the Hatton Cross pensioner robbers, but they were woodland robbers. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I, I, that's what leads me to believe it's probably the same squirrel, because he looked like he was digging up nuts fruit fruit and nut bars what a great sight to see i just didn't look at him for a bit that's a cheering sight on a monday morning it was a very cheering sight cuz it's, it's a little it's a little great this morning overcast it's rubbish um i was confused by the quality of light in my kitchen because i had the curtains open i thought do i usually open them wider but no it's just the weird light yeah, it was um it was light when i left work yesterday oh about 8 o'clock which is very exciting i think Summer confuses me. It's summer. We went out for dinner on Saturday. We did. That was very good, wasn't it? It was lovely. Um, so, had you never been to the diner before? We went to the diner on Carnaby Street. Or on Ganton Street, which is just off Carnaby Street. No, I hadn't. And I, I now know that there are several. Yes, I believe around. there's one in Camden London. and one in somewhere else. Well, aren't we planning on going to Camden next week? We are planning on going to Camden next week. Oh, my greyhounds. Somebody's getting more red velvet pancakes. Actually, I won't. I'll try something new. But I had red velvet pancakes. It was great. I had a peanut butter milkshake. Jessica had... What did you have? I had something described as vegan Benedict, but I think it would be more of a vegan ex-Florentine because it was largely spinach-based. Yeah. It was one of those large flat mushrooms and a layer of spinach and tomato and chickpea patties and tahini sauce, but times two, and some little little tiny potato croquette-type things and some fruit salad. It's a very nice melon and some grapes. And I also had a basket full of diner fries. Mm. Which are nice, but I go for a different fry next time. They're a little dry. They were nice when I dipped them in my maple syrup. They needed a a liquid. Yeah, I should have put ketchup on them. I don't know why I didn't. But yeah, they were good. I think the only thing that could have improved it would have been the presence of an English muffin, really. It's weird that they replaced the bread with a mushroom because usually that would be like the meat bit. Yeah. For the mushroom. Um, It kind of been an attempt to make them gluten-free because then you still had like the breadcrumbs of the... I don't know, maybe, maybe they were gluten-free. Maybe it was a gluten-free thing, but I don't remember it saying. I went for the super healthy option of three enormous red velvet pancakes, which came with maple syrup and cream cheese frosting, and the kind of berry compote, one of those things where it was a lot more compote than berry. You know, there was a lot of sugar going on. It's basically jam. And a yep. peanut butter milkshake. So basically you had peanut butter and jam. Ooh. Yeah, I did. It looked tasty. It was delicious. I think they were vegan as well. I think they had a V next to them on the menu. A V would be vegetarian. Well, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Yes. I don't think they'll be vegan. I would no. try that. Uh, it was lovely. I had just come from the theatre. I had been to see Nell Gwynn. How was she? She was fantastic. Um, uh, it's a transfer from the Globe last summer, and Gemma Arterton is now in it. And it was absolutely terrific. Most importantly, there was a little dog. Everyone loves a little dog. Yeah, that was a really fun day out. I like a matinee because you get to go to the theatre and then be home at a reasonable hour. Yes, yes. Me too. So that was a nice thing. And we went to the VNA. Oh gosh, yes. I've completely forgotten what we've done this week. Yeah, we've packed it all in and we've done some of it together. Uh, we went to the V&A to see their exhibition on underwear, 
which I think actually has a proper un- undressed, is it? Mm. And that was very interesting. And a decent size uh, exhibition. It took us a good hour and a half to go around, didn't it? What were your favourite bits? Okay, my favourite bits were the Di Devonti's Diamante corset. Yes, that was shiny. Because obviously I would love that. It was very predictable. <laughs> and also a 1940s nightgown. Just looked nice. I know the one. Yes. Sort of empire liney and swishy. Yeah. That whole uh, case that that was in was, was quite nice. There was a really interesting video of a Belgian woman making a negligee. Yes, I think I should probably have spent more time watching that. I watched it four times. Well done, yeah. Um, oh, and we really liked, what was it, that French place, Fifi Cochon, not, that's pig, <laughs> Fifi Clavicle or something. And it was, uh, well, that's not what it's called, it's called Fifi something, it's a little French atelier, that's the word, yep. uh, that make smalls, and they had a video at the end where they were talking um, to some of the, the makers and designers, and it was cool because we'd already noted that the one that they designed, which was really lovely. It was a sort of polka dot 50 style play suity thing. Yeah. And then the video appeared and there was a very elegant French woman. She was very jolly it. as well. Yeah, she was cracking. They were, yes, talking about the, in the first hour and decimal where there was somebody famous who didn't like women wearing corsets and then she really enjoyed the fact that they've set up the shop making corsets. Yes. But I can't remember who the guy was, so great story. Hey, Jessica, this week has had sad news in it. Yeah, yeah, it has. Uh, as we know, 2016 is the cruelest year, as T.S. Eliot wrote. Uh, everybody's dead, everybody's dead, Dave. Uh, but this week we were particularly, well, I was genuinely really upset because uh, Victoria Wood has died and she wrote Dinner Ladies, which long-term listeners will know is the greatest television programme ever made. Yes, it cro- it's cropped up in a number of our top fives. It's the source of, I would say, 60% of our conversation is just Dinner Ladies quotes. Yes. Not on this podcast because we do try and rein it in as we understand that most people won't understand what we mean when we say he fell off a diving board in Guernsey. That's not a salad bowl, that's a hospice. Give us a tea bag, I'll suck it on my way out, for example. Uh, the only good thing is that everyone in the country loves Victoria Woods, so Twitter and Facebook were just a riot of people sharing their favourite clips and stories and jokes. Yes, that was nice. In the last fortnight, I have been doing quite a bit of schoolwork, so I'm actually quite impressed that I managed to get to both a theatre and an exhibition that I forgot I went to. Well done, you. Thanks. You've I'm... just done so much, you can't even remember it all. No, not really. Well, one of the most exciting things to happen, was it ever, is that season two of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt came to Netflix. I had watched the whole thing within 20 hours. I spread it out over three or no, four days, I think, uh, so that I didn't run out too quickly. Yeah, I'm now going to go back and watch it properly and slowly. But I thought it was great. I thought it had a slightly different tone to the first season. Yes. And it was a bit more serious in a way but I mean the joke rate was still really good yeah the uh, the hit rate was still up there the discussion of the bunker stuff was, was a bit more serious yeah um, it's still played for laughs but it doesn't shy away from the stuff that Kimmy's gone through uh, I thought Tina Fey's character Andrea was amazing yeah she was absolutely great in it because last season she appeared as a lawyer and it was a fun little part but it, this one was a much bigger role and kind of a, a just a more more of a prop around a role that was yeah. the previous one was definitely sort of a, a bit of a one trick kind of caricature um i thought that was great uh the casting of kimmy's mom is perfection yes super excited about that and i hope that that lady comes back for those of you who haven't seen it we're not going to spoil yeah, who well, it is get, but for those of around. you who have will know exactly that it is excellent I mean, it's a great show. It's still not terrific on handling race. The stuff where they were like, huh, don't like racial portrayals, do you? Well, double down on this uh, with the episode with Titus's 
uh, geisha show. Yes. It was a little obtuse, I felt, of the writing to be like, yeah, well, you can't criticise anything. We're artists. Well, no, you can criticise things. And what's really important about shows like Kimmy Schmidt is shows that you can still, and in fact should still be critical of shows that you love. And just because you love them doesn't mean that they're perfect. And, you know, Kimmy Schmidt is a great show, especially on stuff with women but the stuff with race not so much Titus and Mikey what a lovely couple adorable I think they're so great I really like Mikey his grandma is terrifying yeah that was horrifying (laughs) and it was quite a different approach to the sort of newly out man being in a relationship it didn't feel like I'd seen a lot of it before yes on television And, and I liked the fact that they had got Mikey back from the first season who turns up in one episode yeah. as kind of a slightly pointed joke mm. um, and also sort of manages to simultaneously put down construction workers getting at women and uh, the fact that Kimmy doesn't understand things and then helps and then kind of goes into like a whole deeper thing with him realising that maybe he likes men. And then just also always makes me think of Kimmy excitedly saying, I wish I was your yellow hat. And she's so excited. But I, like um, I, I like the fact that they that they got Mikey back. Yeah, and it just worked out really well. You didn't watch the first season and think, "Oh, where's that guy again?" Yeah, he it had just no worked so perfectly. Return. Also, he had Tilda Swinton airbrushed onto his truck. I could have done with more uh, Xanthopy. Yeah, I really like her. I just thought it was a shame she wasn't in more of it. I'm assuming maybe she was doing something else. Mm. I love Amy Sedaris as Mimi Canassus shouting about ostriches. Yes, they can run thirty miles an hour without help. <laughs> Don't pick up, it's an ostrich. <laughs> um, and her dress is Sia. My eyebrow shuffle's broken, so I'm just going to wig it. Yeah, it was really terrific. Ugh. I thought they did well at sort of continuing Jacqueline's personal growth, uh, particularly in the episode where she works out how to parent her own child. Yeah, definitely. She wasn't so much of a one night Oh, and can we just pause for a minute to talk about how great Anna Camp is? As yes, Anna Camp is, is excellent. She is so good at uh, what is, you know, could be, again, quite a rote joke of wealthy Manhattan mothers but it's a really lovely take it's just the it. sort of the, the snuck in lines so that she's slightly dying in the inside I went to Princeton I have to I have to use my brain power for something picking out dog stationery <laughs> yes excellent good I mean I'm sure we don't need to tell our audience about Kimmy Schmidt it's a very you know there's a Venn diagram that is basically a circle if you like this podcast and you like Kimmy Schmidt uh, but if you haven't seen it do check it out it's 13 episodes up on Netflix uh, it's for streaming now a plus the 13 episodes of the first season that's my intro done intro is that your intro done yes I believe it is we've covered everything I have written down so it must be uh, do you have a song I do have a song it's uh, Barry and Frieda by Victoria Wood that's a great song it is a great song Beat me on the bottom with a woman's weekly. That led to the phrase, beat me on the bottom with a woman's weekly, ricocheting across Twitter. So if you listen to that, you will understand why people might adopt a magazine for such purposes. Oh, lovely, lovely stuff. I listened to it about six times within 24 hours. So I thought, I'm going to listen to this now. And then I looked at the clock and thought, well, I've got six minutes before I need to leave the house for work. And this song is six minutes long. I'm going to hit play again. I just closed the lid on my laptop. So when I opened it up, it was still on my page for Spotify. So I was like, not play again. I also like her song, Pam. It's a good song. Top fives! Top fives! Right. On a similar theme, but also because Rosie Josky's top fives, top fives, mainly is food-based. So today we'll be sharing with you our top five sort of dinner lady style foods. Yeah, school dinners, things you might get served from behind a counter. Jessica and I went to the same primary school, unsurprisingly, and for a while overlapped. So we have many a shared memory. Many a shared memory. I mean, I think I had packed lunches 
more than I had school dinners. Mm. Because let's face it, that's the sensible thing to do. Well, then I went to a different primary school for a bit and everyone had school dinners. Yeah, but you also had things that had goujons of place. We did have goujons of place on our two-week rotating menu. We did not have anything like that. And by saying that's the sensible thing to do, I just mean, taste-wise, if you don't fancy school dinners, then you get what you like. I think the idea of school dinners is excellent. Yes. Notably, everything from the goujons of place place, uh, they haven't turned up on the list. Mine has some from both primary and secondary school on it. Well, we went to school pre-Jamie Oliver, but also just slightly pre-Turkey Twizzlers, so I think we escaped yeah. the, uh, the it terror. It wasn't too bad for us, I think. It was the early noughties of primary school There dinners. was an incident, which I'm sure we will come to. Oh, we'll come to it. Uh, right, number one for me. Number one. Chocolate cake, chocolate custard. Wait, how many overlaps are we doing? One. Mm, two. Two. Okay. Chocolate cake and chocolate custard, because it's a rectangle of very shiny cake. Yeah, it's got a lovely sheen on the top, and it's very, very square edges where it's been cut out of the tray. So huge tray, and then you get the kind of raised edges because it's slightly raised in the middle, and then chocolate custard, which I, I don't think really tasted of chocolate to my it, mind. It tasted of like brown. It was chocolatier than it wasn't vanilla. It was no. Yeah. When I say brown, I mean the colour, not heroin. Yeah. It might have tasted of heroin. To be honest, I've never tried it. It was a very pale colour, if I remember. Insipid. Correctly. The chocolate custard by itself was um, fine. I'm not a wild fan of custard, but it was always like nice and runny and hot, so it's okay. And the chocolate cake was the driest cake in the world, but combined, they were magic. Yeah, I bet if you left them for a significant amount of time, you'd end up with proto-Hagrid's chocolate mess. Yes, you would, because the correct way to eat chocolate cake and chocolate custard, you get your little, like, plastic bowl. And it's a very specific kind of plastic. My brain is telling me formica, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> Melamine. Melamine, thank you. I was like, Melamine. it's something that's to do with furniture. They say so you get the slab of cake in the middle. They'd ladle with a ladle. Mm-hmm. They'd get the uh, chocolate custard over. You take it back to your, your seat, and then you take your spoon and you'd smush the cake all up so you had a paste, which now sounds horrifying. But that really was the only, the only way to eat it. I never ate pudding paste. Oh well, your class was weird. Well, yes, but <laughs> number two, number two, spaghetti bolognese. Spaghetti bolognese. The primary school spaghetti bolognese tastes like. No homemade spaghetti bolognese has ever tasted. No. But you can recreate it with a standard microwavable spaghetti bolognese. Right, something out of a tin, probably. Tinned, yes, probably. The sweet corn was definitely tinned. I love tinned sweet corn. I prefer tinned it to frozen corn sweet great, corn. Because we always had frozen sweet corn at home, and then I can never understand why it didn't taste the same because it's just sweet corn. Yeah. But it's tinned at school. And that was always good to get tinned sweet corn and your spaghetti bolognese. And it's a beautiful combination. My friend Steve at work buys a spaghetti bolognese and it has a tin of sweet corn and basically recreates it. Nice. Number three. I might bit make bolognese later. Oh, I made one this weekend. Number, Number three. three. That super thin jam tart. That super thin jam tart. It was awesome. a very thin pastry with a smear of strawberry jam. Yeah. About the same thickness as a Pop-Tart. Yes. What could possibly have influenced me to eat this this morning? Horrifying. Frida and Barry said one night. Number four. I mean, those jam tarts were... Yeah, nice. Oh, they were delicious. Yeah, they that was a good. That was a good pudding. Number four, potato smileys. Yes, I think we also got other fancy potato products. And when I say fancy, I mean conceivably there was a potato waffle involved. But potato smileys. But I'm sure we had smileys. Yeah, definitely we had potato smileys, which are an amazing product, and I love them. They were a treat. They were like a Friday thing. You didn't get them every day, surely. I don't know. Yeah, I don't recall. We had a, a four-week rolling menu at primary school which when you are there you have no concept of 
Yeah, you can't even predict what's going to come. You are unable to fathom in any way if there is even a pattern. You just turn and go, oh my god, what have we got today? <gasps> it's talking to you, it's today. It's like, really, if you'd thought this through, you would have worked out that you had this three Fridays ago, four Fridays ago. But, never mind. Number five. Number five. I have veered off from the primary school element to go for the National Trust House canteen food. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Wow. This has blown my mind. I've put the smell of National Trust soup. Yes. The, the taste of it is pretty good as well. But no, but yeah, the, the smell of a National Trust tea room, they should bottle that. They should. It's so comforting. We were trying to find the cafe in the V&A and Jessica jokingly said, I'm sure we can just find it by smelling. And then we did find it by smelling. I turned, turned the corner and shouted, pepper soup! I can smell pepper soup! There was a difference between museum soup and National Trust soup. Yes. National Trust soup, more comforting. As with the yes. National Trust outing is a more comforting outing. It's the brambly hedge of the day trip world. Uh, they can put that on posters if they want. Yeah. I, I can go one better. It helps if it's raining, but on that front, I can go one better. That moment where you step through the door into the cafe, canteen, dining room place at the um, Centre for Alternative Technology. Oh, yes, please. And it's all oh. like, oh my God, we should go there. I was going to go on a holiday in the UK. And it's all alternative technology, Lily, produced food. So basically it's for people like me. I'm pretty sure there was a funicular railway or some sort. Oh, there was a funicular railway powered by water. They filled up the water tank at the top and it sank because then they had two. And it was just done on like weights and ballast. So they'd get to the top and the one at the top would be filled up with water and the one at the bottom would empty its tank of water. So then gravity would just make them switch places and then they'd switch same again top one water bottom one empty switch i am so inclined i would say i am triply inclined to visit somewhere if there's a chance i can ride a funicular railway yeah that seems that seems accurate that's my top five amazing i mean i could probably have done top five just on national trust based smells yeah gift shop that sort of lavendery bit in the book the kind of rurally poop but it's not poop it's just rural yeah old old furniture and like curtains and bedclothes and stuff yeah and then old, old people. People. What? Ghosts. Mm. Uh, no, no, no. The smell of the gardens. The privet after oh, it's been raining. Privet. There you go, five. Crushed it. Okay, uh, my top five. So National Trust fudge. Yes, Jessica. Yeah. Number one, chocolate cake and chocolate custard. Yeah, and your weird paste. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have to be like a smooth paste, but you would break up the cake. I think possibly because we'd worked out that it was a bit dry. That way you could evenly spread the custard throughout it. So it wouldn't be smushed into a paste. It would just be broken up into quite small chunks yeah number two jam tart yes yeah i was telling rosie the other day about uh, the memory i had of being the first in the queue for a break at secondary school once and for some reason we had managed to get there a bit early i have no idea how because everyone got out of lessons at the same time we were allowed to be there early and i can't remember how but maybe our lesson for some reason had finished early or we'd been doing so i have no idea but we got there just that little bit before the canteen opened i got the first slice of jam tart so i got the corner piece and it was amazing like i still remember where i sat because i got a really massive it was like unevenly cut so i got a really massive piece it was really good my school also when i was at secondary school they sold donuts at break time and they were made on site so they were hot they were amazing like they, they made the dough and fried them like ready to go out as the shutters went up so you get a warm donut and they would be really really round because i don't know they weren't like you know how donuts are supposed to be a bit flat and they're golden on either side with the white bit around the middle Mm -hmm. no these these bad boys were just kind of a golden brown all the way around (laughs) like they'd been pushed down with a spoon amazing delicious number four on the same vein as the chocolate cake and chocolate custard they used to do like a cream cake 
that was that really specific, really light sponge. It's not quite like a Tottenham cake, but it was really, really, really light. Like probably what it would be like if you could eat a, a dish sponge, like one oh. of those scouring things, like it weighed nothing. But and to also... be honest, I spend most of my life trying to work out how I could eat the dish sponge. I know, right? But it also had a layer of cream and possibly jam in the middle, but it was like a, some sort of preserved cream somehow. And then another one on the top and it had sprinkles. And that would be like a tall slab because it was two layers. Oh, I remember the sprinkles. Yeah. And number five, spaghetti. Yes. We didn't have spaghetti at secondary school because this was very much a primary school thing. And when I was at secondary school, all of our meals were served on those flight tray type things. So they were kind of oval with like a handle each side. And then a bit down the middle to put the cutlery in. Mm, Yes. So half of it would be sort of the main bit. And then on the other side of the cutlery bit, there was a little round bit to put your cup in and then the half... Well, the quarter bit to put your dessert in. Yeah. So you could have like your fish and chips and peas on one side, your cutter in the middle, your little plastic cup for the water from the table or a can or whatever, and then a slice of apple crumble. Oh my god, apple crumble, that's what I was going to put on the list. Because I think, I worked out the other day, we had pear crumble at home and I think we had a pear crumble at school. I think it was never actually apple crumble, unless it was just so sweetened. Maybe that was it. <laughs> tinned apples, I bet it was tinned apples. Yeah. Because it wasn't quite the texture of a pear. You know how pear just has that little bit of... <sighs> Even when it's cooked, it's just it holds itself together in a slightly different way than apples. Away from from you know from how apples spudge a bit. Yes, that was an early honourable mention. Unless I want to put that instead of cream cake, I don't know. Anyway, honourable mentions. I don't really have any honourable mentions, but here is the time to discuss the most famous school dinner of all time. It's up there with uh, the day the dog got into the playground. Yeah, we had one of those school dinner systems where things got delivered. We had a tiny little school. For London standards. Um, it wasn't like one of those schools in the countryside where there are only seven people in your class. But we did not have a tiny little kitchen. So I don't know what was going on there. Because I'd been in that kitchen and you could quite easily have cooked dinner for 200 children. One day there was an issue with the lunch delivery. There was a mishap at the other kitchen at the bigger school. And no lunch appeared for these children. So they had to improvise. <laughs> First of all, it was late. And then when it did get there, it was... Okay, imagine a melamine plate, smallish because, you know, it's for seven-year-olds, filled with spaghetti hoops. Like they have treated it like a bowl. Like they've done a bed of spaghetti hoops to cover the the entire surface of the plate with two frankfurters floating in it. (laughs) I was little, so I only got the one frankfurter. As you went up the school, you got an additional frankfurter because I'm sure I had two. I think the juniors got two and the infants got one. But it was so hysterical. Like, even as children, we were all like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Are you cussing with me? There was a long pause before lunch arrived because they were obviously trying to uh, hope that it would turn up in time. I think they maybe even pushed back dinner break slightly. And we all just looked at each other like, well, this is, this is not what I ordered. <laughs> Excuse me, waiter, there's a frankfurter in my hoops. And uh, you may notice spaghetti hoops did not appear on either of our lists. Yeah, that's because we were all too horrified to... I don't really like spaghetti hoops. I don't like spaghetti hoops. You know what's really disappointing? Any kind of tinned novelty pasta. Any kind of tinned novelty pasta. Doesn't stop me ordering them. I had some Spider-Man pasta. This was ages ago. This was while I was at college. I'd seen them in the supermarket and I bought my housemate Sarah a a tin of Spongebob Squarepants ones because she really liked Spongebob as a joke. I was like, I got your present. And I got myself some Spider-Man ones and then I was like, yeah, I'm going to have my Spider-Man spaghetti. Tastes awful. Yeah. Because it's aimed at children so it doesn't taste of anything. They should put bean sauce but with Spider-Man shaped pasta in it. That's the problem. But it's not. It's weird. And also with baked beans. 
And also, don't worry about the pasta. It should just be beans. Beans. I should have just bought beans. I love top five beans. Can we also take a moment just to discuss the fact that when we mentioned specialist potato products earlier, in the way of like Spiley's potato croquettes, I think we did have potato croquettes. Yeah. I bought potato croquettes the other day, but they're smaller, so as far as I'm concerned, I bought potato tots to be like Napoleon Dynamite. I don't think they ever did jacket potatoes. So basically, at no point ever in our school careers, primary school, I definitely had real potatoes at secondary school. Uh, did we ever get an actual, just normal potato? I think we must have got new potatoes. No, that definitely never happened. We got roasties with our Christmas turkey meal. Oh my god! School canteen Christmas dinner. Oh Ooh. my god, wait, 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 the sliced lunch meats. The sliced lunch meats and that gravy and you've got a roast. How did they get all the... Because all of the slices were the same. They've got professional slices, Jessica. Were they just cutting the middle out of every turkey? It's probably reformed, isn't it? It probably must have been like reformed. sandwich ham, but it wasn't like smushed. You still got this, like the the strains of the muscles, the muscles of the fibers of the turkey. That's what Christmas means to me: turkey fibers. However, those would definitely have come out of a bag. I'm convinced. What the roasties? Surely. Oh yeah, I mean, like they could probably have come out of a, a frozen bag, but they're still real. I mean, they're not. They're more close to a potato yeah. than a smiley. Yes, true. Show me the smile on a potato. At what I mean is, at no point did anyone peel a potato, cook it, and put it on a plate. Oh no, that would be absurd. What I'm leading up to here is it's just the same as everyone remembers the day a dog ran into school. Everyone remembers having smash served to them with a um, ice cream scoop. Oh my god, I'd forgotten that's how we always got our potatoes served to us. When I was at a centenary camp that Girl Guiding organised back in uh, 2010. We had mashed potatoes twice that week. The first time we ate them, we were like, it's a really familiar flavour of these potatoes, and I, I, just, I can't put my finger on it. I can't work out what's... Is it just... Are they just over-salted? I can't work out what it is. And the second time we served it, all the adults suddenly went, oh my god, it's smash. The reason I can't place it is because I haven't eaten it for 15 years. And also, it wasn't served to you with an ice cream scoop. And it wasn't served to us with an ice cream scoop, which is misleading. Yeah, they used a spoon, so it was confusing to us, because it, it was pretending to be actual mashed potatoes. The two sort of perfect breasts of yeah. smash on your plate. For, for anyone who uh, isn't aware of the brand smash, it's reconstituted powdered mashed potato. You sort of mix it up with hot water. The sort of thing that made people think maybe we should just surrender during World War II. <laughs> um, I can't go on. Imagine that and gravy and just the brownness that the gravy brings to it. That, to me, is what the 70s must have been like. Yeah. Oh, I Jesus. assume. Smash. So what we're saying is that we're lucky to be alive, given the nutrition yeah. we were fed as children. One of our meals was... Some coleslaw. This was like one of their summer menu items. It was some coleslaw, a slice of buttered bread, but like cut in cut into two triangles. Some lettuce, like and some like cress or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, like a couple of chunks of tomato and some cucumber. Like I'm sure it was literally just some some random salad bits on a plate. It didn't have the main bit of the meal, like the cheese and the sandwich. I cannot, for the life of me, remember if it had a protein element at all all i can remember is it was very kind of summery and kind of bland looking and was basically leaves but not in a oh this lovely crunchy delicious salad whole food salad that i'm excited about it would have been like cress and some coleslaw and two slices of valley white bread i mean what is the point of cress cress is a nonsensical thing the only purpose of which is to teach children how things grow in an egg but it should never be eaten no you can eat cress in an, in a, an egg mayonnaise sandwich oh my god egg and cress sandwiches i take it all back yeah actually i think i had cress in the sandwich i ate yesterday what? i had something sort of sprouted no maybe it wasn't cress maybe it was alfalfa there's quite a difference between the two it was it was a sandwich with a lot going on can i also submit for honorable mentions that cake with the again exceptionally dry sponge 
but just a normal sort of plain cake more like a Tottenham cake but again not quite as anyway acceptable with a layer of jam and then desiccated coconut oh you are talking my language which could be served with custard but didn't need to be because of the jam and also sometimes pudding would be a scoop of ice cream they'd washed the smash off the ice cream scoop and got it out again for round two with either toffee sauce or chocolate custard poured over it which actually was far far better than it sounds because the ice cream would kind of melt. Has anyone eaten raspberry ripple since 1997? No, but they used to be able to get it in those little tubs. I mean, what is the point? <gasps> I've just remembered, which is at the same time an amazing pudding and also not a pudding. That's a snack. Can we just make it very, very clear? Not a pudding. But milkshake and cookies day. We had those ch- those coconut biscuits. And a very insipidly thin milkshake. And an insipidly, it was basically flavoured milk. I don't even remember. I couldn't tell you what flavour it was. It must have been chocolate. In those little blue plastic cups with um, like a rim around the top, and then they had stripes cut, like in in the mould with the plastic. And those cups were only ever used to serve milkshakes. So those cups were used once a month. Do you think somebody could break into the council's archives and get us a copy of the meal rotation for nostalgia purposes? Somebody must be able to do it. I'm done. I can't discuss food any. No, more. I'm actually, I feel a bit sick after those two pop tarts. Not sick, uh, no. complicated. But then you know, you know what would have solved that if you heated them up. I did heat them up. Oh, sorry, I was. I always right. toast my pop tarts now. Well, toast my pop tarts. Patron of the week. This week's patron of the week is Rachel Greenhouse. She makes the best cup of tea in the tri-state area. What tri-state? Any tri-state. Once Rachel sticks a poster on a wall, it never awkwardly flops down on one corner. Thanks, Rachel. You're a pal. If you want to receive some custom praise from Rosie and Jessica, support our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Rosie and Jessica. Patron of the week. My song. You can tell everybody. Okay. My song is called Drag. It is by Cat's Eyes, who did a song that I picked last year that was on the soundtrack, for which they did the whole soundtrack, to the film The Duke of Burgundy, which is on film for this week. But this was on my Discover Weekly playlist and is incredible. Uh, I listened to it and was like, oh, this is one of my favourite songs ever now. Just love the song. It's incredible. Drag. Cat's eyes. Good eye. Snack. Strudel. Clementines. Nice. Yeah, I'm getting into fruits. Needle and fed. Fed. Needle and fed. So I accidentally felted some songs. Yes. What I hadn't thought about was the fact that my Brooklyn four-ply yarn that I had bought, well, technically being four-ply, and that's the correct weight for socks, was not technically sock wool. So just putting it in the washing machine with everything else was a bad move. Luckily, however, it did not felt entirely, so I was able to unravel it because it was too small to get my foot into. So I now have it sitting in two separate wound balls. One of them came out in one piece, the other one broke in a couple of places, but in big enough bits that that's acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, so that is annoying, but I have enough left to, I think, be able to knit it up again and add the extra length in that will have shrunk out. But uh, yeah, it was a bit disappointing because I wore them once, (laughs) having made these complicated slipped stitch based uh, socks. That is upsetting. Off the back of this, I thought, well, I can felt things in the washing machine, clearly. So I put the bunny slippers in, they felted down perfectly to size, I sewed them together, made non-slip soles using a glue gun, and now they are incredible. And done. And finished. This is very exciting. It's a silver lining and a half. They've got pom-pom tails. They've got little embroidered faces. So have mine. But I got mine in Marks and Spencer. Yeah. So I'm absolutely chuffed to bits because I was a bit worried that this would be something I just gave up and put on hold for months and months. But no. Sorted that out. The socks are going to rise to live another day. 
Yeah, and I'm still knitting the um, sort of mermaidy socks I was knitting last time. They take a long time because of the lace pattern. I have turned the heel and I'm approaching the end of the foot. Purdy like mermaids. I love them, but I might pause and do something else between doing this this one and the second. Yeah, I can understand that. Like I did with my um, Hermione socks, because they're just a little... It's, it's time consuming, it gets repetitive. Yes, so that that's all good. I'm feeling on top of that. I baked cake, I made a bolognese. Just a standard chocolate cake. I iced some fairy cakes as well that I had made for Valentine's Day. And then we had so much food, I froze them straight away. Good idea. Um, and then I defrosted them. And just made a sort of water icing and put sprinkles on. Because I really like when a w- the water icing um, sort of crisps up after a day. And yep. you get the crunch. Yes. But then underneath, it's still a little like goopy. goopy. Yeah. I like. I'm going to make a bolognese today, I've decided. And I need to make a banana bread because I've got bananas that need to be cooked. That sounds good. Yeah. What have we seen this week? What have we seen this week? Number one, get yourself it on DVD and watch Dinner Ladies. All of it. From beginning to end. It won't take you very long. Eight hours. That's a working day. Done. Now you understand everything. Stop this podcast. Come back in eight hours. Number two. Number two. And two soups. (laughs) This is a sketch from Victoria Wood as seen on TV which she wrote and then didn't even perform that's how great she was she was like I've written this incredible sketch I don't even need to be in it Julie Lee Walters as a very old decrepit waitress trying to serve soup to Celia yeah. Imry and Duncan Preston it's astonishing number three number three Orphan Black season four is coming to Netflix every week pretty much the same day it's broadcast in the US so I am absolutely delighted hooray and I realised on a Thursday, watched one episode, and then the episode came out on the Friday, so I got two that week. Oh, hurrah. Uh, and it, it's it's really good. It's less complicated than it was the last series, and I, I love it. You should watch it. I, I will. It's in my Netflix queue. Well, it isn't everything. Yes. For me as well, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen anything? Um, yep, there were some nice articles about Victoria Wood on uh, Standard Issue this week, which is Sarah Millican's magazine for real women, I think it's, it's described as, which is an online magazine and is has fun articles and stuff also Lynn manuel miranda won a pulitzer won a pulitzer and celebrated by offering up lots of newsies gifts elmo congratulated him on twitter yes he did and then i followed elmo and now all of my twitter suggestions are characters from sesame street so hey rosie follow oscar the grouch follow big bird well bye goodbye jessica oh my goodness the next episode ladies and gentlemen <sighs> have we got a treat for you. Have we? I don't know. I, I, I was asking. Uh, oh, I thought you were arranging something. No. Ha- have okay. we? Oh, God. Okay. We'll we find something. To... Uh, bye! To find out more and to read show notes, find links and photos for this and past episodes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at say hello to rosieandjessica at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at the Day of Fun Show. Rosie and Jessica t-shirts are now available. You can shop for all your Day of Fun needs at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash ohmygreyhounds. And now you can become a monthly subscriber and support Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun at our Patreon. Just visit patreon.com forward slash Rosie and Jessica. Thanks for listening.